Hello, you're listening to the Voice Over Hour podcast, season two, with special sponsors, Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg, and Sennheiser. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narration. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, some more, some less. I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome to this week's The VoiceOver Hour podcast. Now, I've got a very special guest joining me today, and uh, this is going to be a brilliant podcast. So, uh, yes, so strap in. Uh, We have the incredible Kate Caldwell, who is one of the most successful, busiest, and talented casting directors on the planet right now, with a huge list of credits, including films such as Hercules, Blades of Glory, Unbelievable, Krampus, Cloverfield, Beverly Hills, Chihuahua 2 and 3, and many more. Kate has worked both near and far by establishing herself in Los Angeles, USA, and also London, the UK. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. That was really quite nice. Nicer Yay. than it should have been. Oh, no. It's, a, it's, a, it's an honor to have you on the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Thank you. Excellent. Good stuff. Good stuff. And we we were put in contact by the wonderful Jamie Sparrow-Roberts. Yeah, she's amazing. She is incredible. She is fantastic. So she she hooked us up and was like, you guys need to connect. I was like, yes, we do. Um, here we which are. Is, yeah, which is wonderful. So, um, so how did you, I mean, being a casting director is, is a very exciting job and such a important job in, in the entertainment world. How did you get started? I started off as an intern um, way back in the day. I had moved to LA without having a job or a purpose, just an apartment. And um, somebody that, a friend of a friend, um, asked me, What do you know? What do you like? And I said, Well, I know actors. I really like actors. She goes, Oh, casting. Like, let's see if we can't, you know, get someone to let you work for free. So (laughs) luckily it was around the time, it was just not too long after the movie Fargo had come out. And I'm from Fargo and I had the accent. And um, Eric Dawson of uh, Ulrich Dawson Kritzer Casting, amazing casting directors, said to me, if you will do that accent for me and my wife whenever we ask, you can work for us for free. 
And that's how I started. <laughs> Voila, here I am. Wow, wonderful, wonderful. I, it's amazing how, yeah, people come into the industry. It's always kind of really interesting. But it is, though, so often is about you know, right place, right time, little kind of little quirky ways in. But that that is brilliant due to your fabulous accent. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Ooh. Excellent. Wonderful. And do you have, I mean, you've worked on lots of films and lots of TV series. Um, do you have a, a favourite project you've worked on? I've worked on a lot of ones that I'm really proud of, but um, I did this series for uh, DirecTV called Kingdom. It was oh, about yes. MMA fighters, Frank Grillo and Jonathan Tucker and Matt Loria and um, Nick Jonas and everything. And I just, I loved working on that one. I just, the material was just so amazing. Byron Belasco is a beautiful writer and I just had such a good time on that one. So I think that might be one of my favorites. Awesome. Awesome. Nice, nice. Um, and in terms of kind of how how have you seen the industry has changed over the years? Because um, obviously we've been, we've just got, we're just going through or just been through quite a massive change uh, with the pandemic and everything. And how, yeah, so how, yeah, how have you seen the industry change and, and how has that, the pandemic affected you and your, your, your work? Well, I mean, it's changed so much since I started. I mean, in the when I started, like just to age me a bit, we still used fax machines to fax wow. sides to offices yes. and stuff. Yep. So I mean, yep. Lord, um, you called out all your appointments. You know, now it, everything's email and um, you know online. You have you know a spotlight and everything, which is great. And we have breakdown yeah. back in the old U.S. of A. And it's just so much easier and everything. The pandemic, it's hard for me because the truth of the matter is, I mean, I am not happy about this pandemic, but it did get me a job. I Nobody would have hired me otherwise because I live in Bristol. And, um, you know, all the casting in this country is really done out of London or yeah. Manchester. Or, you know, Bristol doesn't have that as much, at least not that I could find. So I was very lucky in that Suzanne Smith, who was friends with an old boss of mine, um, agreed to hire me. And so I've been working remotely nice. for her since January and I am very, very fortunate and I know it. Um, but you know, it's hard because the best part of casting in my opinion is, is being able to actually audition the actors in person, sit there, work yeah. with them and everything and, and get that performance out of them. And now everything is self tapes and, that's asking a lot of a performer. So you you give that you try mm. to give them as much information as you can so that these poor actors are not auditioning in a vacuum, but they still are kind of auditioning in a vacuum. And you get your tape back and you look at it and then you can give notes. And sometimes I do Zoom sessions, but you know, it's not anything like being in the same room together. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, because you don't have that you know, the energy and, and being mm -hmm. there at the same time, kind of, yeah, interacting and stuff. Because, I, I mean, I guess that is a big part. And I've spoke to, spoken to a lot of casting directors about the personalities and kind of fitting people together in a production so that, you know, everybody gets on and the director and, and the lead actors and everything. Because it's, you know, it can be a long process. Yeah, indeed. It really is. It is the longest process. Some longer than others. One of the projects I'm working on now, it feels like, Nobody ever wants to make a decision, but you know, here we are. <laughs> 
But it is, yeah, it is an interesting one. I mean, you know, there are some wonderful pros as well, obviously, to technology and, and the fact that we, you know, we have been able to to continue working and particularly in the voiceover side of things, we, we you know, with home studios and stuff, we've been able to continue working throughout the p- pandemic, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but with the self-tapes things, uh, that's that's fantastic because people have been able to continue auditioning um even during lockdown but it, yeah so which which is great but yeah i just hope that we do get back to in person stuff soon um yeah so indeed and, and will you and um, will you just talk us through your casting process um generally you get the script obviously um talk to your producers directors about how you want these characters to be age everything that kind yeah. of thing and then put out that breakdown when i look at submissions I, um it's obviously very different depending on what i'm doing it, you know most of my stuff is on camera so i look at pictures at the headshots and then i go into the cv and i look at uh demo reels or show reels as you guys call them yeah and get an idea of what I'm dealing with there. Like right now, I'm working on a project where everybody, it's shooting in London, but everybody needs to have American accents because they're all um, a general American accent. So uh, for me, I have to look at that. You know, does it say you do a general American accent? Is there anything on your show reel that shows me you do a general American accent? That kind of thing. Um, and then I decide from there who is between me and Suzanne, obviously, uh, who is going to be uh, asked to tape. Um, it's it's an interesting process. It's not perfect. Um, it's not that a particular headshot is, that's the headshot. It's just more along the lines of different looks that I might be looking for. I like to kind of go and run the gamut. You know, I don't want everybody to be too beautiful or too this or too that and just see what I get. When it comes to voiceover, it's, you know, it's about the voice. So just listening one after another to different um, audio reels. And it, and I think it kind of depends too. I mean, if you're doing something a bit more comedic or, you know, like your Beverly Hills Chihuahua, for instance, yes. you know, yeah. you're going to want something that's a bit character and, you know, very specific as opposed to, I would think, I've never done like a audiobook but I find that mm. audiobook readers that it they have to set a scene you have to be such a good yeah. actor to be a, an audiobook reader absolutely I just, I just I listen to so many audiobooks and they make or break it um yeah. Yeah. and you have to just be it's the best and I I would love to do I'd love to cast an audiobook just because I find that so interesting yeah. But anyway, I know yeah. I've gotten off topic. I apologize. No, 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 no. This is no. This is brilliant. Yeah. No, I mean, audiobooks is is a really interesting part of the voiceover industry, and I really and the entertainment industry, and it's it's so exciting right now because there is so much work. Uh, so many people want to do it, but there's also a huge amount of work uh, in audiobooks. But I mean, I have yeah, I have a huge amount of respect for audiobook narrators because I do kids audiobooks, but I haven't done a, a full one. That's it's like a marathon. That's like hardcore. <laughs> I know. And it's funny too, because I've gotten to a point, I've listened to so many now that there are certain readers that I, I'll be like, oh, they're reading this book. I'll re- I'll listen to this book, even if the book wasn't something I thought about listening to. Mm. Uh, like Bonnie Turpin is oh, yeah. probably one of my favorite <laughs> book readers. She's a very yeah. good actress too. But like, I just, I love what she brings to 
the characters. It just yeah. brings them to life for me. And I just, I just think that's so exciting. And where do you, where do you find your talent? Well, in here, I've started doing workshops um, that are virtual and everything. And I do like to do that because I get a chance to look at their show reels and then yeah. I give them material and then they put themselves on tape and we all have a chat and it's really lovely. Um, and then Spotlight. I go yeah. through Spotlight and I just, I look at everything. It takes me forever to go through submissions. Um, it's to, in America, I'd been doing it for so long. And even mm. though there were new people and I'd look at new submissions, I also had like this core, you know, I knew people and I'd be like, yeah, that would, that's a good idea or whatever. And here... I thought I knew British actors because I've watched a lot of British television, but I know a lot of the British actors that Americans know and a few that Americans yeah. don't. But generally speaking, yeah. almost everybody over here is kind of new to me. So it's like I've started all over again, uh, which is daunting, but exciting at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and and what do you think? Uh, I mean, the key to being a successful actor and voice actor is bit of a big question there but um, I'm throwing it at you. <laughs> um, that is a good question. I get you know it's the dumbest answer ever but they they can act. Yeah. You know, they know who they are and they yeah. can act. Um, it's just so important to be able to really be a character to be able to fully embody it and um, and react you know yes. I mean especially on camera you know the People forget that a whole acting is reacting sometimes, I think, and everybody yeah. wants as much dialogue as they can get. Yeah. But it's, sometimes it's the ones with less to say that will stick out and be more interesting as characters. When we did yeah. Hercules, there was a character in that who didn't speak at all. I think he spoke right at the end. He had like one word or one line. And it was hard to find anybody to do that role because, you know, mm -hmm. they were going to be on screen the whole time with Dwayne Johnson, but they wanted, you know, dialogue. And while I understood it, I also didn't because then we got, a, you know, a dude who was amazing because yeah. you think of what you have to do with that. But yeah, with voiceover, it's a bit different. You know, you kind of have to have dialogue, I guess. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's really interesting. And I mean, in terms of, because obviously you cast lots of different things from, you know, big, um, movies to TV shows. Um, so, and you've, you've seen, you know, a lot of kind of different types of acting. What, what do you think is the difference for actors? You know, is there much of a difference in terms of, you know, movies, TV, voiceover? Or, or would you say it's, 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 it's all kind of comes down to the same thing? I think that you can be big in a movie. You know, it, yeah. depending on the shot, because you can do like a wide shot or whatever, and you can be big and it won't be jarring. It will work. Um, yes. And I don't think you can do that in voiceover yeah. uh, unless it calls for it, unless there's something very big or cartoonish or whatever, then you can do it. But otherwise, I think you have to be very contained, yes. um, very conversational in a lot of ways. Otherwise, it just gets grating. Yeah, it just doesn't work, and it becomes a bit overpowering. Just like with stage acting, like you have to be bigger on stage because you've got this big audience that needs to see you. Yeah. But you don't need to do that when you're doing like a self tape or even going on television because you're in this like mid shot. And the more you give, the more I see it, and it's just too much, you know. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, you can do 
big facial things when you're doing voiceover that won't translate into being overacting that would on camera. Yes. Which is a very weird thing to say, but it's, it's, I've seen it and I find it very funny. Um, it works. It works in voiceover sometimes, but it, it will not work um, on this tiny little screen, especially yes. in an audition circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, you know, it, and, and the, you know, voiceover as opposed to on screen, you, you know, you have a lot of, um, you know, you have a lot of kind of emotions and and feelings that need to be portrayed with just your voice and yeah you don't have that luxury of having a screen on your face to you know to have some sort of thoughtful look or or anything it is it is all your voice um yeah which is really i i i mean i love you know i love the voiceover industry i love voice acting i find it fascinating um and when people nail it it's just magical Agreed. And, uh, you know, what you're saying there, it's, it's so true because that goes back to what I was saying. Like, you do need to really know yourself as an actor and you have to yeah. be comfortable in yourself as an actor, especially with voiceover, because you have to go places with it yeah. that an actor on screen can get away with a look and yeah. you can't. It has to be in your voice. It has to be in your delivery. And I think it, a lot of times you can tell if somebody's tentative, if somebody isn't um, confident yeah. in what they're doing. Yeah, you can tell right away. So it's it's you can get away with a lot more. Uh, the camera can actually mm. cover up some sins in some ways by yes. just using you know a look to the side, or you know you can cut away if it's yeah. if it's not working. <laughs> yeah. You know you can't do that with voiceover. No. No, there's nothing to hide behind because you don't, no. you know, and again, there's no, there's no costume, there's no set, you don't have, you know, a big production. Um, so it is, you know, when, when we're performing as voice actors, we just have us and the microphone and the script and sometimes we'll have some visuals to work with. But, um, I, you know, I do think that a massive part of it is committing and trusting yourself as well and, and, and just going with, with it. I was talking about this before we, we actually pressed record. So I was like, okay. Um, but I think voice actors, you know, because you were talking about a video game that you'd, you'd been, your, your husband had been playing and how there was a character that jarred with you. And I think sometimes in voiceovers, when voice actors listen to themselves, that is the moment where they've lost the magic. Mm -hmm. you, you can, you, you've got to be so in the moment that you're not listening to yourself um in in your head and i think as soon as you start listening to yourself and thinking oh is that the right accent it's gone and you need to start again and 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 just it is about immersing yourself and and there's also the element of being like a child uh, when i do video games i really feel like you go back to being that kid where you are just okay where are we going what are we doing and the director says okay you're in a plane we're taking off we're going here and you're just like okay sure right let's do this it, it, without that adult kind of going hmm is this really what kind of plane are we in? And um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go. I'm not with sure. It's it totally feels, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. I yeah. mean, that also brings me to um, uh, something that I have said to actors in um, workshops before, which is you need to make a choice, and yeah. you need to commit to that choice. And it could be the wrong choice. It could, I mean, it might not be what that director or producer is looking for or I'm looking for, but the fact that you made that choice and you committed to it shows me that you can do it and therefore I can direct you. I, I find it very difficult to redirect an actor who hasn't made a choice in a scene. 
where yeah. it's just this kind of middle of the road, not bad, but not great. And yeah. it's like, well, what do I do to get you to great? You know, and mm. it's the same with with voice acting. It's like if you're just not making a clear choice in what who this character is or what this scene is, it's going to come across and yeah. it's not going to engage the listener. And that's a problem, you know, but if you can give something, then, then the director can work with that and tell you, okay, that's not exactly how I saw it, but let's try this. You know, it makes yeah. you more confident that you can get something out of that actor because they've made a, a very solid choice. Awesome. Yeah. And I think absolutely, I think you're totally right. And I think the th thing about it is, I think, is when actors try to please, uh, and I know that as an actor, I know, you know, I, I remember I spent years of like desperately trying to get it right, trying to please the casting director, trying to, trying to be what they wanted me to be instead of being what I know that I'm good at. And instead of making a choice and committing to it and, and being comfortable with the fact that it might not be what they want but that's okay because at least you're being you're being truthful and you are giving a truthful performance mm -hmm. that's exactly it and it's a that's a good sentiment you know it's nice to know yourself well enough to just be like this is how i see it this is how i'm doing it let's do it yeah and i think also for actors you know to be happy to 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 let that that job go as well and to think you know what i'm going to come and bring what i can bring to the to the to the table i will bring me and if if this isn't right then i want the right person to get it mm -hmm. uh, you know instead of thinking i need it i need it i need all these things just to go with that openness to be like you know what i'm going to bring what i can bring and if it is the right thing for for this production because you are a part of a you know a massive uh, you know machine of 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 different you know elements and different people and so you can never know what it is that you need to do to absolutely nail the part. You can only do what is right and what you feel is the right thing for you. Exactly. And I think that's one of the hardest things as an actor, I would imagine, is that whole idea of you want the part. Like you're yeah. doing it because you want it. And to just let that go and just do it for the love of doing it. Yeah. And hopefully you'll get the part. You know, it's, it's just, it's such a hard thing. And I know it is. I mean, casting people... We have to audition as well for our jobs, and we don't get a lot of them. I mean, some of them, yeah. I mean, obviously there are a lot who do get them all, but like I certainly didn't when I was on my own. Um, and it's hard. You just have to let it go. Like, well, it wasn't meant to be, you know, it happens. That's that's so fascinating because as an actor, like <laughs> I think probably most people listening to this, we don't even think about casting directors auditioning for, you know, or like, you know, we, we, in our heads, you guys are just sort of up there and you're the ones that, you know, we need to please. But of course, you guys have got people that you're trying to get work and you're, you're, you know, going on to the next project and, and pitching for, for things. So yeah, it's really fascinating to. Yeah, we're, we're auditioning against the Tom Cruises of the casting world, you know, we get it. Yeah. We, that's why we, um, why I always say, you know, we need actors mm. as much as actors need us. So that's why when you go into a room or you do an audition, you just try not to be nervous. Just know yeah. that we need you and that we want the best for you. and We want you to do well. We want yes. you to get the role because we yes. want to move on to our next role. Like we've got a million things to do. We're not looking to, you know, not cast the role. We want to cast the role. So come in yeah. and be great. That's all we want you to do. And we'll help you. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay, guys, on that note, we're going to just take a brief pause to hear from some of our sponsors. 
This podcast is sponsored by Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg, and Sennheiser. Today's episode is powered by the Audient ID14 Mark II. Audient has become a key player within the recording world, boasting a competitive range of studio essentials. Find out more by heading over to audient.com. This podcast is recorded using the Imperative Audio Portable Vocal Booth and is sponsored by studiospares.com, the UK's best single source pro audio supplier, offering up to 20% discount on selected products to the VoiceOver Network members. Black Cat Acoustics, proud to be the UK distributor for the Studio Bricks VoiceOver Booths. Sennheiser supports you in your voiceover production with great sounding microphones and headphones. They are ideal for natural recordings and critical monitoring applications where they ensure that your voiceovers make the difference. And finally, I want to tell you about Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and Findaway validation. Download your exclusive Von 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. Okay, so we are back with Kate Caldwell. Um, Kate, so uh, we've been talking about auditioning. We've been talking about castings. Um, I know that you worked on Cloverfield, which was a pretty groundbreaking film. What was it like to be part of? It was a lot of work. It yeah. was a lot of work, but it was good. And Alyssa Weisberg was the casting director on it, and I was her associate. And Alyssa is great, and she's a workhorse, and she will get what she needs and it's just fun it's fun working with different casting directors and see the way that they work um but that one was weird because you know we couldn't use any it was mostly improvised um Mm -hmm. there were no real sides to audition so it was sides from different projects um i think i feel like it was um I can't remember the name of some of the shows that it was a jj abrams project so yeah some of his shows um and um, eventually we had a chemistry read, and that was really fun to bring a lot of those actors together. Uh, it was a very interesting process um, and a lot of work, but they all are. It's not like there's ever one that's easy, you know? <laughs> I don't know why I make it sound like that was yeah. the one that wasn't, but no, it, it was But it was good. Awesome. 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 And then just going back to, to talking about auditions. Um, I know that as actors, you know, we're always kind of like, you know, what is it? What is it that, and I, we talked about this before the break, you know, not trying to always please the the casting director and to be, you know, you and, and, and be truthful. Uh, but from your point of view, um, you know, on screen acting and voiceover acting, what is it that makes an audition stand out? Well, like I said before, definitely making a clear choice. Yeah. You know, and coming in with confidence. Yeah. Um, it's hard. You know, the second you walk into a room, your audition has started. Even before, like the, when you're mm. out in the hallway, if, if it's a live audition, it starts there. If you are being loud or this or that and or just being careless and 
that you know it's it you remember that you come into a room and and you are disrespectful at all uh which weirdly can happen you know we remember that like those are things we have to think about like it, you know do we want to put this on a set is this yeah. the behavior that you know we want to put in front of our our director and producer and the rest of the gang that are a million people on that set um so it's weird that a lot of your audition is not even about your actual performance and just about mm. how you're coming off as a human being. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once the audition itself, it really is about making choices and doing the job, you know, coming in prepared. It just, there's nothing better than an actor who comes in and is prepared and knows who they are and who their character is and mm. brings it to you. And then when you redirect them, how you take that redirect, you know, some people, um, most people take it the way it's meant, which is, all right, great, this is fun, let's try something different, that's how I would like you to take it, that's how yeah. I mean it, like, I may, you may have done something that I love and wanted, but I'm going to redirect you to see that, A, that you can take a redirection, mm. and also just to see what else we can do, because I, you know, in the end, I'd love to have a different, couple different ways of a scene to send to my people so that they can see what you can do. Mm. Um, and some people take it a different way, which is odd, yeah. you know, uh, more like it's almost offensive to them that you didn't like the way that they just did it, but I did like it and I told yeah. you I liked it, but I'm asking you to do it a different way. And that is a very odd thing that happens from time to time and makes me very sad because it's, never meant with malice it's never meant that you did a bad job it's meant as you know let's keep going let's yeah. try it again why not I think it comes from from insecurity and 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 it's that thing you know you said make a choice but make a choice but be willing to change that choice <laughs> like yeah. don't be so so stuck in that choice that you can't be flexible and you can't change change your mind and and I I would probably say to actors in terms of kind of practicing that you know make a choice about reading the script but then go and do yeah try something completely different and i often say that with with voiceover training you know you want to you want to you want to do do it really fast do it really slow do it loud soft happy sad you know try different emotions with the same script just to play with it so that you you understand what where it could go not that you're going to go that way but it just it freeze it up so that you're not kind of stuck in this I have to read it this certain way and this is how I've practiced it um because you mm -hmm. do you need to be adaptable don't you need to to the other actors and to what the director ultimately wants yeah you absolutely have to be adaptable and improv these days especially are it's, it's not just about comedy you know yes. uh, drama people do improv it is a thing you're in a, a scene and you're really in it and sometimes you're just going to go off script and you're just going to see where that goes and you have to be in that moment with them. So you have to be able to do that, be able to break outside of the box that you created when you created this character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's most, that happens the most, I think, with kids because, you know, kids are coached and understandably everybody's coached. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having an acting coach at any mm. age. Yeah. They can bring out so much in you, but even the an acting coach will tell you that you have to be able to you know, not listen to them and be able to break outside of what they're saying to you, for you to do. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's very important to be able to do that.
Awesome. Awesome. And then, yeah, so I mean, touching on the improv, but in terms of training, um, because I know, you know, and I, I, I always find it fascinating in terms of the acting world and voice acting, you know, Americans tend to be much more into training. I'm not saying us Brits aren't, but I, I, I feel like, um, you know, the Americans are much more into the training and just kind of, whereas, whereas here, you know, we do, but it's not quite as much. How important would you say continuing to train as an actor, as a voice actor is? It's funny because I always thought that you guys were more into training than we were. Oh, really? I did. <laughs> I funny. did. I know. I mean, we do have a lot of classes, but I figured you guys do too. Your your maybe... initial training, it's like that's places, it. That's, that's where, yeah, yeah. I think that's where it is. I think with us, it's like the the drama school training is like really intense and full on, and you go and do your three years. But I guess after that, it's kind of like, oh, done. Not that I'm saying not everybody. I know there are people listening going, I'm British and I like training, but um, <laughs> I, you know, I I think. Just the American, your your culture is much more about you You guys investing yourselves a bit more in terms of continuous professional development. But maybe do, I'm wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I do think, you might be right, actually. I do think that it's, um, I think it's important to continue your training because it's like a muscle. Yeah. You know, you have to yeah. keep that muscle going. And it, I don't necessarily think that has to be a class. You know, it doesn't have to be you paying out money to somebody for it. Yeah. But I mean, in this day and age, especially, think of all your friends. You know, you have somebody in your friend circle who writes, you know, and someone who yeah. likes to shoot, and there's someone you know. So you can get together and make your own shorts, make your yeah. own voiceover. It, it's it's out there, you know, to Definitely. do on your own. And I think that's important. It's like with um, casting, you know, my I have to keep training. I have to keep watching new auditions and I need to watch as much TV and movies as I can and get to know these new actors. And if somebody sends me a profile, I got to look at it and you know that it's, it never ends. It's never like I've, I know all the actors now and I am done. I'm not going to learn any new actors. Like, you know, you can't do that. Um, and I feel like it's the same way with you guys. It's just, there, there are ways to go. The things are opening up every day. I mean, you know, video games used to not be a thing and now they're huge. And a lot of it is motion capture and, you know, you need to be able to physically act and do the voice and yeah. animation is huge. I mean, these, what are these, uh, like Marvel shows, like what if, and yeah. the Star Wars ones, you know, again, they're not comedy. They're pretty deep drama, some of it. And there's just so many different things to do these days. So you have to just keep that muscle in shape. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and obviously, I mean, networking in our industry is super important. Obviously, kind of in-person networking has been a challenge over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, from your point of view, I mean, how important is networking? I'm not going to lie to you. I absolutely hate networking for, oh. myself. for myself. I okay. hate it. Um, yeah. It is not, I just, I, I think that I'm a pretty social person, but after a while I'm not that social. Uh, but yeah. no, you're right. It is absolutely important to, it's, it's, you know, I think again, your friend circle and these shorts that you could be making, like those mm. people could go on and become filmmakers in their own right and be able to hire you on things, you know, and, and not saying make friends with somebody in the hopes that they can hire you someday. But, you know, you need to get out there and you need to meet these people and make these social circles because that's where a lot of jobs come from. I mean, a lot, a lot of people get jobs based on old jobs, too. So that's the importance of being a good person on set, you know, once yeah. you're 
you know, recording and everything, you need to be a good human being. Cause if you're a good human being and a good actor, they're going to be like, Oh, I really liked working with that person. Like we should hire them on this. Let's find them something because yeah. they were so great. And that happens so often, especially with directors, they'll be like, Oh, here's four people that I love to work with. Let's, I think they'd be great here, here, here. Let's try and get them this job. And you're like, okay, let's try and get them this job. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys as casting directors, you talk as well. So I'm, I, you know, and I've, I've, I've sat around with some casting directors. I went for a, a dinner in LA a couple of years ago and they were sat around and they were all talking about and they were comparing notes because one of them was looking for a particular Southern American accent. And it was just fascinating. I'm going, oh yeah, you could, what about this person? What about that person? I was like, wow. For me as an actor, I was sat there just going, this is amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you guys do, you know, swap and, and help each other. Oh, yeah. All the time. All the time. And I especially now being here, uh, my old partner is in L.A. Um, and she's one of my best friends. And if I see people here that I think will work well for her, um, I will always send to her um, a British actors because I'm like, I know you don't. I'm pretty sure you don't know this person. And I think you really need to know this person. Nice. And she'll do the same for me and the new American actors that I'm not quite as familiar with anymore because I've been gone too long. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Amazing. And um, and what about challenges? Let's talk about some challenges that you faced. Would you, would you be up for sh sharing something that you faced, a challenge in your career uh, and how you overcame it? Ooh, challenges. Mm. I'm sure I have a million of them. Let's see if I can think of any. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know. That's terrible. I'm sure I have one and I cannot think of one right now. That's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> I, know I mean, trust me, I have not had this very easy road. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I moved here and I couldn't find a job. Nobody would hire me. Not one person, um, which was really hard. You know, you think I didn't, I didn't come here thinking, oh, I'm so they're going to love me. I can bring them so many things. That I, I have no ego and I am willing to do anything. But I thought maybe somebody would be like, yeah, you know what? She could be pretty helpful. But no, absolutely not. Oh, wow. No, nobody wanted me. Uh, so, so what did you do? <laughs> I didn't work. I actually, you know, I worked for um, a, a little side job at a club doing some little thing and it was wow. so ridiculous but it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing it just didn't pay that well and I needed a real job so um but yeah I mean if I did have an ego that would have 100% broken it but I didn't I don't think that I have much of an ego I have enough of an ego to get through the day and that's about it <laughs> and so in terms of that so obviously you were going through that and and I'm guessing you just kept going and you just kept applying for stuff and putting yourself out there yeah, I actually ended up talking to everybody that I used to work with back home uh, yeah. in L.A. and just be like, if you know anybody over here that is willing to take a chance. Oh, and I, you know, the, when I started, I was I was terrible. I made so many mistakes because I hadn't done it here ever. Okay. And I hadn't worked uh, very, very long for very long. I think it was I'd been a full year or more since I'd worked. And so I made a lot of mistakes and I was very embarrassed and horrified by it. But um, now I think I'm doing better. I yeah. would like to think I am, but uh, I'm getting back into the groove of it and getting to know the British system, which is really interesting. 
Awesome. And that's that's how we learn, isn't it? We have to we have to mis make mistakes and you can't move forward in life, in your career, in business without making mistakes. So um, you just got to kind of take it on the chin and get up and go again. <laughs> exactly. And just hope that uh, you're getting better and better and try harder and harder. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, and how do you stay motivated? Well, how do I stay motivated? Well, I think it's that whole thing of I don't want to be bad at my job and I want people to want to hire me. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe it's a bit of fear in the end, if you think about it, but yeah. also just not wanting to let down myself or the people that got me here. Yeah. You know, I, I was very lucky uh, in L.A., I think. Very, very lucky. And I worked with some amazing people and they all helped push me forward and you know, push me outside my comfort zone. Um, I didn't want to go on my own. And Kathy Sandridge Gelfond, who's one of the best bosses ever and casting directors ever, she's the one who made me do it. She's like, you have to do it. You have to go. And I'm like, but I don't want to leave you. I love you so much. Um, but yeah, and uh, it got me here and it got me this lovely job with Suzanne. So it's that um, wanting to not let myself down or those that uh, believed in me. Amazing, amazing. And do you have any last pieces of advice for everybody listening? I think I would say just believe in yourself and don't give up. Um, but honestly, if you're not happy and there's something else that would make you happy, then do it. Mm. You know, don't get yourself stuck in this place where you're just going to be miserable forever find something that makes you happy and if this is what makes you happy then just keep doing it and like i said work with other people and get your stuff out there and don't wait for that perfect role to come to you yes go out and make that perfect role and show people you can do it and then let it go from there Awesome. Amazing advice. Thank you so much, Kate. It's been such a pleasure having you on the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Thank you. It was really nice to be on it. Thank you yeah. for thinking of me. Oh, no, it's been, been wonderful. Well, have a lovely rest of your day. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast season two, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network with special sponsors, Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg and Sennheiser. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode bringing you more behind the scenes stories in the voiceover industry.